The uh, word for the series, if you remember, is what? Never. Never. It's an invitation to walk in the grit necessary to follow Jesus. This morning is uh, big. It's, uh, we've changed things up. Normally you would do like, you know, many songs and then I would speak and we'd kind of end. Today we're going to do it a little different. I'm going to speak and then we're going to have a time at the end uh, for all of us to worship, for some of us to respond to what God is doing inside of us because some of us have business uh, with God. I'm sure there are many among us uh, in a group this size who have yet to receive uh, Jesus, and this morning the invitation will be offered to you. And uh, if that's you, I don't, I don't really know where you're at. That's very true, but I do know one thing, that if you only knew what the offer of God would mean for you, then you would say yes to it. If you only knew. This morning you have an opportunity to respond. It's going to take some grit. I'm going to invite you to come down and uh, actually bow and surrender to Christ uh, at the end of the talk. Uh, And perhaps this morning that would be you. Uh, For those of you who are already uh, surrendered to Christ, uh, there's going to be an invitation for you as well. And so you're not left out. And and, uh, it will be an invitation for you to kind of re-up, reset your faith, conviction. So that's kind of where we're going and why I'm up here so soon. Let's dive into the teaching. We're going to start with a video uh, that uh, uh, came about last Christmas. It's a, uh, a video of a Canadian airline, WestJet, who did an, like some really cool thing. And, and uh, they made a video about it, and it went viral. And you probably, I don't know, some of you have probably seen it. Uh, we played this at my church this Christmas, and as I was sitting there, I thought, I'm going to take that and I'm going to use it at Indiana Wesleyan, Uh, and so that's why we're doing it. Now, this is a four and a half minute video, but it's going to be worth our time, and you're going to be saying to yourself, if those people only knew that it was real, they would, uh, some of them would do things differently, And, and while you're watching the video, I want you to ask two questions. Who would you want to be? Of all the people you see, who do you want to be? And who do you not want to be? So let's enjoy this video of, of West uh, Jet. Twas a night before Christmas, and all across the land, the good folks of WestJet had a miracle planned. On the eve before flying, the guests were in their beds. Visions of traveling danced in their heads. While out on the runway, something secret had arrived. It was left in the lounge. It was a Christmas surprise. Christmas this year, Cohen. A choo-choo train. A classic. Do you like Thomas? What would mommy and daddy like for for Christmas? Big TV. Yeah, big TV. A big TV. You're looking fabulous. I need to. It's okay if you just want to stare at me as well. <laughs> what I need is uh, new socks and underwear. An Android tablet. 
Is that William beside you? And Cameron? <laughs> Some Santa boots. While the guests told their Christmas wishes to good old St. Nick, West Jetters took notes and got ready to shop quick. It was a great rush with the two flights in the air to get all those presents. Not a moment to spare. The same bells ring and there's children singing tonight. Lights are bright and I know it's a beautiful sight. It's no place gone in the world, it's snowy and white. Santa's coming to town and he's coming to Thanks for flying with us at WestJet. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the rest of your flight. Happy faces were all so merry and bright. Santa's coming to Everything ready, we all had to wait for the moment of truth at Carousel 8. never expected what they'd asked of St. Nick would actually appear. It was all quite a trick. A West Jetter would say it was more than mere fun. Miracles do happen when we all work as one. <laughs> Isn't that a good video? Okay, so if they only knew, right? If they only knew that it was real, they would have uh, changed what they had done. So who would you have wanted to be? Which one? You set it out. Who would you want to be? No, you would not. You're a liar. And that's kind of gross, too, if you think about it. Anyways, uh, you'd want to be the flat screen guy, right? Oh, my gosh. They got a giant TV. Who would you not want to be? The socks and underwear guy. He blew it. They had so much uh, potential. If you only knew that it was real. Here's my point. I think it's kind of obvious. 
If you only knew God's, God's heart for you, how much he loved you, and that his offer for you was real, you would say yes to him. If you knew that the truth of the gospel was real, you would receive it. If you knew what the Bible had to say for you was real. This morning, our Never Verse unpacks two spiritual truths that form the core of the Bible message. Maybe you've never heard it before. Two truths that if you knew they were real, it would change everything for you. You would say yes to Christ. If you reject them or, or ignore them, it would be huge. And there will be a moment where you say, man, if I only knew it was real. Our passage is in Romans chapter 4. It's verse 7 and 8. Blessed are those whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the one whose sin the Lord will never count against them. From this, these two verses, we find two truths that form the core of the Bible message. The first truth is about sin and that we're, we're in real trouble with God because of sin. We're in real trouble. Apart from Christ, we are in real trouble. Have you ever been in trouble? Anyone ever been in trouble? My brother and I, when we were young, uh, we would fight every now and then. And uh, I was the younger brother, but also the bigger brother, uh, which I like to point out to him. And so when we fight, I would generally win. And, and uh, I wasn't afraid to have a little, you know, scuffle with my older brother. And one day we were fighting, and he was running from me as I was chasing him. Uh, and he ran into my parents' room and shut the door and locked it. And I came and I slammed the door with my fist and I put a hole in it. <laughs> Which meant we were instantly on the same team again, right? Because <laughs> now we have to solve the problem of the hole in the door. And we came up with a genius idea. We made this poster <laughs> that said, Mom and Dad, we love you so much. <laughs> and we put it over the hole. And my parents were so proud of us. They had the best kids in the world for like two days. And then they pulled it off, and the hole was there. And we were in trouble. <laughs> That's the first truth. We were in real trouble, and we're in real trouble with God because of sin. According to the Bible, we are in real trouble. The Bible says that the wages of sin is death. This means spiritual death, separation from God. That's real trouble. Because of our sins, we're separated both here on earth and in eternity. It's a big deal. According to the Bible, this is the fundamental problem of all of humanity. It is the reason the world is such a mess. And according to the Bible, this is the fundamental problem with each of us. It's why we're such a mess. We're in real trouble with God because of our sins, separated from God. There's a hole in each of us that God was meant to fill. There, it's the root of the brokenness that we experience experience in our lives. Maybe you're like I was. You know, I wasn't a follower of Christ until I was 20 years old. I never opened a Bible 
And I can tell you that I, I didn't know anything about Christianity. I did know there was a hole inside of me, that there was a brokenness in me. Something was wrong. I knew that. I didn't know what it was. I didn't know what to do about it. I just tried to cover it up like my brother and I did with the hole. And I think that's what people do. Maybe that's what you do. You know there's something wrong, not sure what it is, not sure what to do about it, so you just try to cover it up. I think some of us cover it up with trying to be wealthy or successful or get a good job or have a good family, but it's never enough. It doesn't satisfy, it doesn't fill the hole, of course it doesn't. Some of us try to cover it up with chasing relationship after relationship after relationship or pleasure after pleasure after pleasure. It doesn't work, it doesn't fill the hole, it never does, it never will. If, if, if a relationship or pleasure would solve it, then the last one would have, but it didn't. And the next one won't. You might have even been covering it up so long that you forgot there's a hole there. You forgot that's what you're really doing. But in moments like this, with the Holy Spirit stirring among us, it's really easy to remember, oh yeah, I'm broken. Oh, that's right, there's a hole inside of me. Something's wrong. I'm in trouble. None of the things we do to try to cover it ultimately work because the brokenness is not material, it's spiritual. We're in real trouble with God, separated because of our sins. The wages of sin is death. This is the first truth uh, from the Bible. It's an indictment, it's serious, it's a difficult truth to embrace. It's arresting to hear this, that, you, that we are in trouble with God because of sins. And if you don't embrace it, either today or someday, there will be a day, there will be a day when you say, if I only knew, if I only knew that that was true. The first truth is so important. You have to know it, you have to feel it to know the power of the second truth because it makes the second truth all the more powerful. Let's read the passage again. Blessed are those whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the one whose sin the Lord will never count against them. The first truth is in we're, we're in real trouble because of sin. The second truth is that we have a real Savior in Jesus. Listen to the verse. Transgressions forgiven. You can have that. Sin covered. You can have that. God will do for you what you cannot do for yourself and cover your sins and solve your brokenness. It is possible that your sins would never be counted against you. It is possible that that would be true. All this is possible because of what Jesus did on the cross. The Bible says that the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So you're in real trouble, but you have a real Savior, Jesus Christ. And when you surrender your life to Jesus, your sin is covered. And God will never, not at any time, not in any circumstance, not ever count your sins against you. If you only knew God's heart for you, that he loved you that much, you would respond to the invitation. You would surrender your life to Christ 
And I hope that you do that today. I do. I really hope that you do that. These two truths, that we're in real trouble because of sin, but we have a real Savior in Jesus. This is the core of the Bible message. If you're wondering like what the Bible says, that's basically what the Bible says. You can see this truth in all of Scripture. It's in much of what Jesus had to say. It's in familiar stories like the prodigal son, the story of the prodigal son, which you've heard. Uh, Many of you have heard. The basic uh, story says this. There was a son who uh, takes his inheritance from his father, essentially disrespecting his father, saying, I wish you were dead so that I could have the money. And he leaves his father's house to go live on his own. And he gets into real trouble, squanders all the money on partying and living however he wants to live. And he becomes destitute. And in his poverty, takes the only job he can find, which is working uh, in a pig pen tending pigs, which for a Jew, as you can imagine, would be unthinkable. And he longs to eat what he has to feed to the pigs, starving, broken, empty. He's in real trouble because of his sin. That's where we pick up in verse 17. And it'll be on the screens. This is the story. It says, when he came to his senses, meaning when he realized that he was really in trouble and what was really going on, he said to himself, how many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you, and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and went to his father because he was in real trouble and he knew it. And listen, he is not even wanting to be a son. He's just going to settle for being back in the house as a servant. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him, was filled with compassion for him, ran to his son, threw his arms around his son and kissed him. Gave him a robe and a ring, the scripture says, and brought him back in as his son. See, he was in real trouble because of his sins, but he had a real Savior. The whole Bible speaks to this. If we only knew the heart of God, if we only knew, he would have come home so much earlier. He would have not spent another day in the pig pen where he was living. His father covered his sins. His sins were never counted against him. That's what God does for anyone who surrenders to Jesus. We're in real trouble because of sin. We have a real Savior because of Jesus. And if we only knew, we would respond today. I told you at the beginning of this message that there would be an invitation at the end. And so I want to turn uh, to that now. So I'm going to invite all of you to stand, uh, if you would. I said responding to the invitation was going to take some grit. And it's going to take some grit because it's going to be that you would come forward and that you would bow, doing your business with God. And so the, the worship team will be leading us in worship. And while that is taking place, for all of us, that's a time to worship. For some of us, it's a time to do our business with God. Some of us need to respond to the two truths we've been talking about. Some of us, the Holy Spirit is stirring in us. So I want to talk to three groups of people while you're standing there. 
And if you're one of them, I encourage you to respond. Ultimately, it's not between me and you. It's between you and God. You don't have to do anything I'm asking you to do. Do what God asks you to do. The first group is those, is, uh, those of you who have already surrendered to Jesus and your sins are already covered, your sins are not counted against you, but you have drifted and you've come home to the Father's house at some point in your life, but you've drifted back to the pig pen and you are living in, in sin. It's entirely possible to be a Christian and drift. It's entirely possible that there was a day when you were fired up for God, but now sin has entered your life and essentially you're back in the pig pen. Some of you know firsthand uh, what this is. Sometimes I hear people say that, well, I, you know, I have grace. And because I have grace, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm forgiven. I can kind of do what I want. I, I call that being a grace junkie. And uh, here, here's just a thought if that is you. God's, like, there's no such thing as grace, according to Scripture, that gives you permission and freedom to sin. Grace doesn't give you freedom to sin. It gives you freedom from sin. It gives you the power and the strength to overcome the sin in your life. Some of you are Christians living in the pig pen. The bottom line is you need to repent. You need to recommit. Whatever you want to call it, you need to do some business with God. And I don't know if that's you. Like I said, it's really not between me and you. It's between you and God. But if God is stirring in you in this moment, perhaps it's time for you to stop living in the pig pen. Perhaps it's time for you to start coming home. Maybe this morning would be that for you. So if that's you, when the worship team starts and you have business with God, then do it. Come forward, bow, do your business with God, go back to your seat. It's not between you and anybody else, it's between you and God. The second group I want to talk to, I believe God would have respond, is kind of the other side. It's, the, it's the, uh, those of you that have surrendered to God, your sins are forgiven, they're not counted against you, but you can't help but feel that God is angry with you. You can't help but feel like you're failing God all the time. Maybe you just, you know, grew up in a church where that was kind of how God was represented. But something in your soul tells you that you're still in trouble with God, even though you've received Jesus. And if the first group leans too far into grace, then you would lean too far into guilt. You feel like God is disappointed. You know, I'm a, fa I'm a father of uh, two daughters. I taught both my daughters how to walk. It is messy work teaching a child how to walk. They stand up, they take a step, and then what do they do? They fall down. And then what do I do? I pick them back up, and they take another step, and then they fall down again. And I pick them back up, they take a step, and then they fall down again. It's messy work teaching somebody how to walk. And listen, I was never mad at my child for falling. I knew that it was part of the process of learning how to walk. I was never angry. It was just part of it. And God is a, such a better father than me. He's a, such a better father to you than I will ever be to my daughters. And I, and I would just want to suggest that God knew that it would be messy work teaching you how to walk with Christ and that you would fall and get up and take a step and fall and get up and take a step and fall. He knew that. That doesn't shock him or surprise him. And, and uh, he's not disappointed or displeased. He's there to help you up. 
He's not angry or frustrated or disappointed or sad about you. You're not one of his, like, you know, you have the good Christians, then you have, like, the other Christians. You're not one of them. It's entirely possible to live, uh, you know, to receive Jesus, to live in the grace of God, but to have a soul that is consumed by guilt. It's entirely possible. Many of you do. If there are grace junkies, there are guilt junkies. You should never feel any guilt except what God brings. And stop putting guilt on yourself that God has not put on you. And so in a moment like this, maybe you, if you're one of these that just your soul is always consumed by guilt, it would be uh, a moment for you to come forward, for you to bow and do your business with God and beg him to give you a fresh sense of his love for you, that he was never disappointed with you, never displeased with you. When he looks at you, he sees Christ. And maybe coming forward for you would be asking him to show you again how much he loves you. That's the second group. The third group of people who need to do business with God are those of you who have never surrendered to Jesus. You've never bowed. You've never received an invitation like this. Maybe you've never even been part of an invitation like this. And you've been sitting here listening that uh, you're in trouble with God because of sin and the Holy Spirit is tapping on your shoulder and saying to you that this is you that you're broken, that the emptiness inside is about being distant from God, that you're in trouble because of sin. And you've been trying to cover it up with whatever. But there's still an emptiness. And as we talked about the second truth, that you have a real Savior in Jesus. And you've been feeling the nudge and the Holy Spirit is urging you to surrender to Jesus. Again, this isn't, I'm not trying to manipulate you. If that's you, then come forward. It could be that from the very moment that I said there's going to be an invitation, God started stirring in you. God started saying something to you. And I would encourage you to respond. Maybe you've gone to church for a long time. Maybe you even grew up in church, but you've never personally surrendered. You know, you, you've been around it, but you've never done it yourself. Or maybe something spiritual happened in your life when you were young. And uh, you don't even remember it. It was so long ago. Maybe you were even baptized. But let's be honest. The way that you live, the way that you think, who you are and how you operate, you're not surrendered to Christ. You don't, you're not even sure where you stand with Christ. Something happened long ago. But, but today you're unclear and it's cloudy. You don't have to live that way. You can get right. Perhaps today would be your day. If you have the grit to come forward and bow and surrender your life to Jesus, the offer is open to you. You'd come forward and and just agree with the scriptures. Say to God, I I know that I'm in trouble because of my sin. I'm in trouble with you. And God, I surrender to Jesus. I know that I have real trouble and I accept you as a real savior. So for those of you that God is stirring, the altar is open. The the, uh, team is gonna lead us in worship. And those three groups, the, the uh, grace junkies, the guilt junkies, and those of you that need to receive Christ, you can come forward and bow, do your business with God. When you're done, you can return to your seats, and we'll kind of close it out at the end. And so let's worship well. All of us worship. Those of you that need to respond, go ahead and respond to the invitation that's offered to you.